Welcome back to Scary Bear Attacks. Today's episode, The Frightening Case of Jay Reeves, will take us to the bleak but beautiful Aleutian Island chains of Alaska, which extends toward Asia at its tip. It is a remote and rugged area wrought with potential dangers, but granting adventurers many rewards, including serenity, peace, and tranquility. The sharp fall wind shuddered the landscape. The alders, willows, and the tent shook, with the fury only Mother Nature could muster. As dark began to swallow the land, rain rhythmically tapped on the top of his tent, and the foreboding shadows stretched longer and longer. Frosty Creek was the location, and its landscape a bleak, tundra-strewn, frozen patch of isolation and solitude. This part of what drew the photographer to this spot. The Alaska Peninsula had many productive photography spots and very few people. Cold Bay was the nearest town, if it qualifies as a town at all. This was the opportunity every wildlife photographer dreams of. The rotting stench of dead salmon impugned the air as their carcasses littered the shores and sands of nearly every body of water in the area. All along the banks were bare daybeds, which the enormous bears used their giant claws to excavate, as efficiently as any piece of heavy machinery. Measuring about eight feet in diameter, these daybeds offered telltale evidence of the size and power of the creatures occupying them, even in their absence. As 38-year-old Jay Reeves assessed the environs he would be filming in over the coming seven days, he inventoried his food stores and snapped photos of bears and other wildlife surrounding him in his new neighborhood. A sense of joy and optimism filled him as he had finally realized his longtime goal of building his photo library with impressive brown bear stills and video. As Jay finished up his dinner, his mind drifted to the conversation he'd had with Robert Jones earlier in that day at Eisenbeck Ranger's office in Cold Bay. As Jay asked Robert for his best advice of finding giant bears to film and photograph, the ranger recommended Frosty Creek and offered a vital critique of the photographer's protective gear. Robert indicated that the 357 pistol Jay decided to bring was not an adequate firearm for bear protection, and consequently, Jay decided to leave it behind. Thoughts of this decision ran through his mind with reticence. It would probably be another safe and exciting adventure, he thought, in an attempt to calm his nerves. As Jay disrobed for the night and snuggled into his cozy sleeping bag, he began to wonder where he would start his photo adventure in the morning. His tent shuddered in the wind and rain, and slowly but surely he drifted off, warm and comfortable, and eager to begin as soon as he woke up. As the rain pattered, salmon slowly swam their way up the nearby creek. Not all of them were dead, but the few stragglers there were were worse for wear. They were all near the end of their life cycle, culminating in their passing on of their genes to the next generation and their corpses fertilizing the entire ecosystem, either as waste from animals who consumed them or as they rot and return to the soil. A large bear ambled up from the bank of Frosty Creek looking for anything that would increase his odds of making it through the coming four months of hibernation. In the distance, he smelled the scent of a man and the food he brought. He was a giant bear in the bear community. Whenever he encountered another bear, his immense size and dominant presence earned him his preferred fishing locations, and it usually took a few grunts and jaw pops to run the competition off. As the giant strolled closer to investigate the tent flapping in the wind, the smell of food grew stronger and his survival urges drove him forward. Jay sat up quickly, stirred from his dream of a bear by grunting and jaw pops right outside of his tent. He could see the tent bow inward as the bear pressed his nose against it. Fear overwhelmed him as he knew this was not just a curious cub, but a potentially violent and hungry predator. As fear swallowed up reason, Jay quickly slid from his sleeping bag and decided to run from his tent and leave his food stores to distract the hungry bear. As the 600-pound bear collapsed the tent, Jay managed to slip through the door. Jesse Owens would have been left in the dust as Jay ran faster than he'd ever 
ever thought he could. Just as he thought the bear had been distracted with the food in the tent, he heard a ground-shaking roar. As he anxiously glanced over his shoulder, Jay saw the most frightening thing he could imagine. The hungry bear had swiveled his attention to the fleeing human and already started to take his first leaping bounds toward Jay. His heart sank at the memory of seeing grizzlies flowing across the most difficult terrain flooded his mind. Jay knew that the bear would be on him before he could find any safety. With a single swat of his eight-and-a-half-inch wide paw, the young grizzly, in his prime, knocked Jay down and straddled him nearly without resistance. The agility and power of the grizzly was too much for the outmatched photographer as his life ebbed and flowed. His energy and flesh prepared to make the final stretch of the great cycle, from dust you've come and to dust you shall return. After the man's flame of life was extinguished, the hungry bear took hold of his leg and dragged him into the alders for the privacy of a meal alone. The bear fed on Jay's body through the night and only left his prize to rummage through the remnants of Jay's camp and to destroy anything there that riled his angst. The following day, Frank Snodgrass drove up to the camp and witnessed the flattened tent and chaotic campsite. He noticed no human presence and immediately reported the scene to the local Fish and Wildlife Service. John Sarvis and John Stimson climbed aboard the helicopter filled with anxiety and concern for Jay Reeve's safety. They decided to fly up the Frosty Creek watershed to try to find him. As they approached his campsite, they could see no sign of human activity, with only canned food and clothes littering a slight trail toward a clump of nearby alders. Stimson landed the craft and Sarvis began to search afoot. As the helicopter lifted off the ground and made an initial pass of the area, the bear leapt from the alders in rage and hid again in the undergrowth. Sarvis was picked up and the two searchers looked for the bear from the air. This time they noticed some blue clothing and a patch of ground all torn up. As they hovered, they observed the dead man's skull on the mound of torn up soil. Deciding to focus on stopping this man-eater for once and for all, Sarvis grabbed a 30 6 hunting rifle from the back of the copter and and dropped the massive grizzly with a single shot. The men quickly landed and cautiously approached the now motionless Bruin. As a matter of investigative procedure, Sarvis began to dissect the bear as he examined the stomach contents of the bear. Human bone fragments, skin, tissue, and muscle from Jay Reeves were removed. The next day, the recovery team returned to bring Mr. Reeves back from the mountains and give him a good Christian burial. After locating his remains, they were only able to find his pelvis, some ribs, and his head. The bear had consumed the rest of Jay Reeves. His possessions were rounded up and loaded unceremoniously into the helicopter to be returned to his loved ones. State biologists would later say that Jay Reeves made two major mistakes in his adventure. His first was keeping his food in his tent with him, and his last was making camp on a bear trail.